Hello everyone, welcome to episode 169 of Manage the Wild. I'm Nick Madsen. The other day I went to the grocery store and it was absolutely packed. They were having some type of sale, case lot sale, I don't know what it was, but it was packed. So as I started to pull into the store, I thought to myself, not today, and I just took off. I was gone. There was another store that was down the road, and I went there instead. And I was using what researchers like to call the ideal free distribution theory. This theory allows that or helps researchers to understand how animals are using their environment, the habitats around them to maximize their food, their water, their shelter, and their ability to reproduce. And what this is saying, this theory is saying is that animals are going to freely distribute themselves across a habitat or an environment to reduce competition to increase their ability to take in resources. So when I saw this store being packed and I went to a better one or I went to a better location, it wasn't better because it was a better store. It was a better location because I didn't have to wait in line. I didn't have to fight over a parking spot. I didn't have a Karen yelling at me in the store. So the store costs a little bit more money. They didn't have all the things that I need, but it still ended up being better for me because one of the resources that I value is my time. And so I didn't have to fight with anybody and I saved time. And this is what mule deer are using, researchers have found, when they go into a landscape and they are looking at the amount of competition in an area Oftentimes, if there is just wonderful habitat and there are high amounts, it creates a lot of competition and individuals end up getting shoved out. Well, instead of worrying about whether you're going to be in combat, they're going to distribute themselves a little further away in a little poorer habitat. But the overall, it's better for them because there's less competition for food, water, shelter, as well as breeding sites. Let's say that you're a mule deer buck and you go into a hayfield that just is ripe with competition. There's a lot of bucks in there, a lot of females, and a lot of big bucks, and you're not the biggest during the mating season. If you were to move just outside of that area, then there would be more opportunity because of the amount of pressure that's going on. And that's exactly what researchers have noticed. So what's interesting about this is mule deer have that spatial awareness as well as that ability to look around and assess the quality of their habitat. And then they can adjust based upon that quality. This is some of the, the problem that when you're doing trap and transport on mule deer, you put them into, you trap them, take them to a new location they go into these areas and they don't know where the resources are. They don't know where the food is, the water, the shelter, or the best spots for reproduction. And so they also don't know where the predators are. And so this is some of the issues that they face when they try to do trap and transport because they are so spatially aware of their surroundings. The other issue that they face with this ideal free distribution theory is let's say that you've got a doe, she drops a fawn in the first of June, she takes off, migrates up to the high country, 
and it comes back and in that time you've got three subdivisions and stores and it kind of messes up their distribution so we're creating more disruption in their space that they had figured out before and now they've got to refigure it out so every time they go and leave for the winter or leave for the summer they come back and with all this building that's going on it's messing with their spatial awareness but that's what I really like about the ideal free distribution theory. It helps us understand the factors that are going into these animals and the habitats they are picking. So let's say that it was predicted that if it was an ideal free distribution theory and they spread out to reduce the over, overall amount of uh, competition within that area and you start running your analysis and you realize that hey these guys are all congregating in this area and they're creating a huge amount of competition and they're not spreading out then you're going to start looking at what is leading to them to congregate in these areas and it will help you better understand one of the things within their habitat that is more of a need than the rest so maybe there's a whole lot of food Maybe there's a whole lot of water or whatever it is, but it's the amount of competition is still acceptable. So a theory that I like to, or something I like to think about when I think of the ideal free distribution theory and how we mess with it is there's an area that's sagebrush step. It's really dry. And there's a bunch of mature plants. There's also been some fires. So you got a whole mosaic of the landscape. But the way we mess with this is we'll put a pivot right in the middle. And so all of a sudden it increases the amount of food, the amount of water, and their ability to reproduce because there's so many animals. And the competition automatically goes up. But there's so much food being grown on these pivots that they're still okay with it. Now eventually they're going to get to the point where this pivot 40 acre pivot fills up so much that the competition just isn't worth it but we're currently not there yet and so every time something a variable changes researchers can look at it and see okay how much can they tolerate how much competition so ideal free distribution theory allows researchers biologists to understand and predict what animals are going to do when they are moved into habitats. When they are coming down from the high mountains down onto the benches, it'll give and it will help researchers understand the choices that these mule deer are going to face. And it's also important to help us understand ways that we can minimize the impacts on mule deer. All right, you guys, have a great day. Stay wild.